What's going on, everybody? It's Kyle Bennett from Underground Sports Philadelphia. Outside the Box has become such a huge success, we're giving it its own podcast feed. You guys have come out in droves and made this thing such a huge project for us. It's unbelievable. So, Outside the Box is moving to its own individual podcast feed starting in October. So make sure you follow us on Twitter at OTBLaxPod to know when that pod feed goes live so you can subscribe there. You don't miss a single beat of what Herm and I are bringing. You don't miss any guests. And uh, you can always drop those five-star ratings and reviews to uh, pump the pod feed up and uh, make it an even bigger success as we head into year two of lacrosse coverage right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. So yes, the month of October, outside the box, its own podcast feed. Get hype. We'll see you guys soon. Let's get into the episode. Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. So what's going on, everybody? We are live with Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 172. Kyle Bennett, Matt Castorina, President Will Castorina, and Dylan Mazzola live from Underground Studios. As always, show brought to you by Main Auto LLC, Douche Arms Pro Foot, Security 21, Wainwright Bernhardt Funeral Home, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Automobile, Mark Ronchetti, CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. We apologize to our sponsors in advance if anything goes wrong. Nothing will. It's Nothing's going to go wrong. Everything's going to be Don't fine. Don't blame us. Blame the Flyers. Yeah, for their constant right. inadequacy and complacency and inability to foresee anything that ever happens ever. I don't and know. Where do we want to start? Do we want to start with Just the, for this uh, occasion, <laughs> we have the fire extinguisher ready. Because I'm feeling hot. Um, today is our Flyers preview show as they kick the season off on Friday. And then uh, we also have uh, just some yelling at the Phillies, and we have Sixers Media Day to unravel as well. I, I wouldn't mind berating Gabe Kaplan. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's kick it off with the Flyers. Uh, Will texted me. He said, I have takes, I have stats, and most importantly, I have feelings. So take the floor. It is the State of the Union from Will Castorina. I feel pretty good. I feel <laughs> great. One could say I feel like a million bucks. You know who wishes they had a million bucks right now? The Philadelphia Flyers. <laughs> But they retained it on a on a Gudis contract on which they traded a good player for a worse and older player that makes more money. And then said, no, 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 sir. Not only take my wife, take my car too. Have a ride. If you're like me and you follow this godforsaken team, you probably feel one of two ways. And I'm going to address both of those. You either feel like, A, same old thing every year. All they do is let me down. All they do is make me want to cry. Fly or die, I'll pick die. Or you could be like Dylan and a couple other people, and you went, you know, no, 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 no. This is a new team. We got a new coach. We got a new management. We got a new fancy scoreboard. We got gritty. Okay, well, I, it's a little more than just fancy. That thing is, a, that is an Autobot. <laughs> so we're going to tackle both of those, and we're going to try to approach this from a fair and balanced standpoint. But I'm going to get mad at some point because it's just in my nature. I run hot. 
So let's start with the same old Flyers. How do you feel about the same old Flyers take, Dylan? I mean, they've done some stuff to change it, but they really have shown over the past, well, my whole lifetime, to be the same old Flyers. So, yeah. <laughs> my whole lifetime. Well, to get more specific, last year, in the abomination that was last year, 30 people put on an orange sweater and got on the ice and played for the Philadelphia Flyers. Now, I say play because some of them just skated around. 30 of them. 12 of those players are now gone. It's a pretty massive changeover. There's a whole new cast of crew here. The faces change, but the show goes on. <laughs> to quickly recap last year, we saw a lot of good things from a lot of good players. Number one for me was the emergence of Travis Sanheim and Oscar Lindblom. Oscar Lindblom led the team in high danger chances for. That's a stat that basically rates a scoring chance as a probability of leading in a goal. And he was everywhere he needed to be at the right times. A funny stat, though, that I looked up, Dylan. On naturalstattrick.com, if you want to sort by players, you could sort by team drafted by. Oh, God. I selected the Philadelphia Flyers, and it showed me every player that was drafted by the Philadelphia Flyers. Not playing for them. Do you know who led all drafted Flyers in high-danger scoring chances? No. Uh, you just told me this, maybe? I don't know. Justin Williams! <laughs> Justin Williams with 90. Next on the list for the active Flyers was Oscar Lindblom with 75. A couple rows down was uh, Nick Cousins, ahead of guys like Nolan Patrick. You know, that guy we drafted to be our number two. And Scott Lawton, that other guy we drafted to be our number two. But I digress. Both fighting it out for third center. Oh. <laughs> also, Just couple, narrowly not getting beat out by the groin of Joel Faraby. <laughs> uh, Joel Faraby's not on the team anymore. So yeah, no, I, yeah, but I'm saying like... Joel Faraby's not on the team He's because probably the replacement in three months. We can't even afford a rookie contract at this moment. Gotta love it. Can't well, even, can't even got, pay. You said it yourself. We got a fancy new 4K, uh, 4K stadium. It's almost like we had cap space a couple months ago. It, we did. We did. But yeah, it's crazy, right? The Philadelphia Flyers currently rank 20th in available cap space. They also only have 20 players on a roster. Most other teams have 23, but I digress. We can't make a move if we wanted to at the moment. Which means that either Chuck Fletcher is more dumb than we thought he was when he signed those Parise and uh, Suter contracts in Minnesota, or there is a plan coming. Now, on this side, I'm going to take the optimism, and something's going to happen. They're not going to. They're not going to head forward to this. They, you can't. You you mathematically cannot. You cannot play this way. However, <laughs> you could say the Flies are perhaps defined by their defiance. <laughs> <laughs> they may just defy math here and just roll with it. In the spirit of keeping with last year's uh, wet fart. The Flyers last year finished 21st in 5v5 uh, shot shares, 17th in expected goals for percentage, 21st in scoring chances, 17th in high dangers chances, and 18th in high danger save percentage. Boy, that's about as mediocre as it gets. Middle and of the road. That is, you, you honestly can't really figure to get any more mediocre than that. Although when I was going through some of this, I, I looked over the Flyers PK, and I found some... A little bit of alarming stats because I, like all of you, uh, when I think Flyers PK, I think of dog shit. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. Yeah. Oh, that's that thing that doesn't work well. Mm. Well, apparently, now, a lot of this can be skewed because being the Flyers PK was so bad, they got scored on so quickly that a lot of these shot metrics don't have time to really add up. But we were, uh, you know, 16th in high danger chances against, 21st in scoring chances against. But the real thing that got us was the 25th in save percentage. 25th. 
We gave up seven more goals than expected for the expected goal saved against that through natural stature. Seven more goals than expected. So actually, you know, we might not have been dog shit. Maybe just cat shit. The shit you let in your house, you know? <laughs> I just... So what... What would be a reasonable cause for that, though? Because I think... Bad goaltending, Matt! Flyers struggled, <laughs> struggled really bad, historically bad, for like the first two months of the season penalty. Like, like bad the- goaltending, Matt! Glad you asked. 884. <laughs> but the Flyers have never... I shouldn't say have never. Like they've, We've seen in our lifetimes, at least, good penalty kills from Flyers. The past five years. I feel like around like the 2010 years, we had like a pretty good penalty kill. But we had like a good team. So yes. like, But I mean, I, the last five years have been like terrible. Like, I, I, I can't think of any time where we've been, like, outside of, like, the top, like, five in terms like, being bad at the penalty kill. And last year, those first two months were, I think, the most... Terrible. It was legitimately every time you got a penalty, you expected to get scored on. Like, more than you would normally think, like, because I think as a fan, you, you always think of, like, the worst case scenario in that Philly situation. fans are notoriously optimistic, so yeah. I don't know where we're going with that. <laughs> but, like, it, Put objection. it just felt like every every time I was like, well, <laughs> there we go. Like, don't commit any penalties because that's that's a goal automatically. <laughs> to be fair, though, that wasn't limited to the penalty kill. Yeah. It was every time the puck came in our end and someone wound up for a shot that I would go, oh, here comes a goal. But is, yeah. Because Brian Elliott could not stop anything. I Michael Norberth was hurt. <laughs> Calvin Pickard was the thing. Yeah. Now, I'm guilty of McDonald trying to... was still on the team last oh, boy. year. Oh, my God. He would make we set a record for most goal goaltenders yeah. used. Eight. And none of them were good, except for Carter Hart. Unbelievable. Who I'm, I'm wearing Carter Hart's jersey tonight because he's probably my most important flyer of the year. The Philadelphia Flyers are constantly disappointing. It's a never-ending ride of existential crisis. It's actually appropriate that the Philadelphia Flyers play in Philadelphia because they're a lot like Rocky. But just imagine if at the end of Rocky movie, he just lost. He went through all of that training and upbuild and him taking it in the corners, but then he just lost anyway. The Flyers are like if Rocky lost every fight he ever was in, and everyone just kept showing up and watching. He lost in Rocky two, doesn't he? He loses in Rocky three, three, and then he wins at the end. Yeah, but like, eh, yeah, he does have like the comeback. Yeah, he comes back and he beats. He does beat? I mean, we all know the best Rocky's Rocky four. Yeah, hundred percent. Ends yeah. the Cold War with his fists and determination. Yeah, awesome. Unbelievable awesome. stuff. Yeah. Let's talk about the power play. And let's jump to this year. There's been a lot of people rumbling, and it's you, Flyers fans. You are your own worst enemy. You are the scum of the earth. Because you, you complain, and you bitch and moan about how nothing ever changes. And then when something changes, you don't like it. The power play has not been good for three years. Three years it's been steadily declining. Steadily declining. And now this year, they're like, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to move Claude Giroux to his right side. Try to give him some more passing options. And what do you do? You shit all over it. But what about Claude Giroux's one-timer? Let's bring up Claude Giroux's one-timer, Flyer Faithful. Last year on the power play, Claude Giroux took 55 shots. 55 shots. That's a lot of shots. That's a lot of shots. How many do you think went in, Matt? Well, you told me beforehand the percentage, so I can, uh, so we, I'm guessing... Math. Quick math. Oh, God. Math. Oh, no. I'm guessing four goals. Two! Two. Two, wow. two goals! How are we ever going to survive without the elite powerhouse of two goals? Wow. Well, I'll tell you, Dylan. I don't care about Claude Giroux's dead last on the team power play shooting percentage of, I want to get this correct here, 3.64. It's not viable. Teams know that the only way we're going to operate is running the puck through Claude. So they send the top four to the edge of the box, 
to pressure Claude, and they force it to Shane Gossespierre, yeah. who has to take a poor shot from the point. Yeah. This is every game. Do you know who led the league last year in high danger chances created on the power play? What NHL team? Who? Us? Toronto Maple Leafs. The Toronto Maple Leafs are also the least penalty awarded team in the entire NHL, which means they led the league in chances generated with the least amount of opportunities. But how can that be? Because they have right-handed shot Mitch Marner playing on the right side. And they have left-handed shot Austin Matthews playing on the left side. And Flyers Twitter has told me unequivocally that if you don't have a cross-shot one-timer, you're destined for failure. But the Flyers achieve failure with it. It's time to make, you got to make better moves here. If Claude Giroux has the puck and he's on his right side and he turns away from an encroaching defender, he is now on his forehand to move the puck downhill. He can flick it back to Shane Gosper. On his other side, anything towards the net, which is, to, to make it simple, hey, the net's where you want to go. He's on his backhand, and he doesn't have any options, okay? You have to be willing to compromise. You can't just shoot down something immediately and then complain that nothing ever changes. It's madness. It's madness. You, you like these coaches so much. You guys like Elaine Vigneault because he said, be a fucking flyer. Now, I know Dave Haxall is like the hand job of coaches where it's just like nothing interesting is going on. And you think you could do it better yourself. But the bar you set so low for Elaine Vigneault where all he has to do is come out there and be like, hey, be a, be a fucking flyer. And everyone's like, dude. How many times? Peter Laviolette 2.0, boys. Here we go. How many, He's holding the well, players accountable. We'll get to see after his first time out whether he is the, the regen of Laviolette if he scored Laviolette. But, well, he already has no cups like Laviolette, so. Ouch. Jeez. No, I meant with the Flyers. Laviolette won that one. So, but, uh, sorry, Lavi. So, I, I completely lost track, Jesus. <laughs> Oh man, this is gonna be a He's rough one. He's been there one. twice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and lost all times. So I'm messing with you. We got a couple of those banners hanging up. They're called "No One Cares." Yeah, we're natural predators. So what? So what do the Flyers have to fix on the yeah. power play? Like what? If, what they should do is evacuate that, you know. the Wells Fargo, burn it down. Well, call in a shaman. They just exercise, did a lot of re, they did a lot of remodeling. I, exercise I all the push it over here. I think the. It, the burn it down scenario should have happened three or four years ago because then you wouldn't have well, done the whole mezzanine and yeah. now this new 4K uh, video like board yeah. exact power play like uh, blueprint the past five years yeah but, like like Will was saying they literally have everyone in the same spots the past several years there's no there's no change they, they'll change it for a game and then they're like oh we can't score like this either and they go back to Claude Giroux in the certain so spot. what's your hopeful meter that this year something changes well, just about are, the power play. They are, they are, they are changing. They're trying new things. They are trying new things. The, the biggest problem with the old standard setup for the, the power play the Flyers operated was that it excelled a lot when you had Scott Hartnell in front of the net opening it up for that quick one-timer. Those were the days. Those were the days. Were and the it days. worked well because the other team had to respect that. They had to stay back and guard Scott Hartnell. Now, no offense to Sean Couturier or... Ryan White, because he was on Power Play 1 at one point, or oh, he was. Matt Reed, or any other one else we've tried, Braden Shen. None of these guys can operate that one-timer at the same efficiency as Scott Hartnell. So teams, believe it or not, they study opponents, and they notice that, hey, everything goes through Claude. So if you pressure Claude, the chances of it coming back to bite you are pretty small. So if you look over the years and you look at how teams have defended the Philadelphia Flyers' power play, it's been increasingly on pressuring Claude Giroux. And I'm sorry, but Shane Gossespierre is not going to blast at a 10% shooting percentage from the top of that point on the power play. It's not going to happen. You need to find ways to circle the puck down low, get it in front of the net, give it to guys like JVR, 
Give it to guys like Sean Couturier down low. Find ways to open up shooting lanes instead of relying on guys to just throw the puck at the net and hope you hit it in. It's madness. Yeah, it's 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 Claude Drew, not Ovechkin. He's not going to score every time from the same spot. He, he's not Stamkos. He's not Ovechkin. He's not Patrick Line. He's Claude yeah. Drew. And Claude Drew is very fine. Okay? He's fine. He's fine. But the, the main problem here is that we have coaches that seem to understand this problem, but fans are unwilling to accept it. You, you saw it behind the glass. Elaine Vigneault says, no shots from up top. Get the puck down low. He recognizes that Dave Haxall's old approach of have Nick Grossman take 30 shots from the point isn't going to fly. <laughs> Speaking of Nick Grossman, while well, looking through some other numbers, to you same old Flyers, same old Flyers, same team, 2015, 2016, 29 Flyers, put on an orange jersey that year and strutted on the ice. Matthew, out of those 29 Flyers, do you know how many are still on the team? Quick math. From 2015? 2015, 2016 season. Quick math. It's got to be less than like 12, right? Like Six. Yeah. Six. What, it's probably, That's that was Ghost breakout year, wasn't it? That was back when Matt Reed was a thing. Chris Vandevelde, Dale Weiss, Ryan White, Boyd Gordon. Remember when Boyd Gordon was going to turn the Flyers? Boyd Gordon was supposed to free Claudio up from penalty killing. Boyd's our boy. Scored a goal in his first game and was never heard from again. (laughs) Michael Delzato, Luke Shen, Andrew McDonald. Do you remember the Delzato days? Nick Schultz, Vincent LeCavier. If you want to be optimistic, be optimistic in this. Things are finally moving. Now, we can all sit here and debate on whether they're moving in the right area, but they are moving. And for some of you, that's going to be good enough. I mean, you can make the case action is better than inaction. No, you know? Signing stupid you, you could make that. You mm. could make that. Yeah. But I would offer that maybe the good straight wasn't a correct inaction. No. And maybe if you're going to give up a second and a third, you should get more of a guarantee than Justin Braun. Now, I actually am kind of backpedaling on the Justin Braun hate because from what I've seen from camp and a little bit of action in the preseason... Solid. Not a bad pickup. Is it worth a second and a third and no retained salary? I don't know, but the Flyers weren't exactly operating from a place of strength in the offseason because everybody knew that Chuck Fletcher was itchy and wanted to do stuff. The biggest problem... If there was an adjective to describe Chuck Fletcher, it would be itchy. He, he, does, like, like, he does look like an itchy <laughs> man. Confirmed. Chuck he, Fletcher has chicken pox. <laughs> yeah. He, look, he definitely, looks like he's definitely itchy. definitely makes trades, that's for sure. Whether they're good or bad, that's... Uh, Doesn't strike me as a... Good hygiene guy. A little more more clean around the neck, maybe. My biggest gripes with the Flyers are the prospects. They're not great. Well, hang on. Hang hang on, though. You know, because legitimately, I will say, I've... Oh, Oh, Ghost fell down. He must be defending a (laughs) two-on-one. Oh, (laughs) jeez. I have heard for, I think, at least four years now. Probably even further back. But I've heard solidly for four years that we have... A very and admittedly, I'm not a, a hockey savant, but I feel like anytime I talk, I talk to you or anyone else, I feel like I hear a lot about. Well, we have you know good good prospects lined up, and you know this this team is going to you know in four or five years, and again this was four years ago. This team could be really four good. four years away from being four years away, baby. Yeah, Print the shirts. I I don't get it. <laughs> the problem the problem here is that the Flyers do have a very good prospect system. We have a very good farm system because we have a lot of one type of prospect. And that is a B, B prospect. <laughs> if you're grading prospects on a tier and elite, you know, an A prospect, an A minus, a B plus, a B. We have like eight Bs. Hey, man, Bs are good. But Yo. we need a little bit higher. Bs get degrees. Bs get degrees, but, uh, you know. At what cost? But Bs don't get you honors. Like, that's true. You graduate with honors. And that's the Stanley Cup here. So, like, we have Morgan Frost. Morgan Frost is a fine player. 
Morgan crosses Morgan Frost is a second line guy. I mean, he could be he could be a first line guy. Sure, a lot of these guys could be something. But we're at the stage now where we're starting to get a good look at these guys, and I think a lot of people are starting to go, "Where is this offensive superpower? Where, where, where is this coming from?" Now, there's nothing wrong with building an overall deep team from top to bottom, but that's not the way the Flyers are set up. We already have our top six pretty much locked up. We don't need third and fourth line guys. We need guys that are above that that are going to be replacing that. Like, say Jake Voracek disappears off the face of the earth tomorrow. We don't have a replacement. We don't have anyone remotely at that skill level. Now, a couple people are screaming Bobby Brink. I hear you, and I'm with you. I, I love care. don't care about Cole Caulfield one bit. Never liked him. He's too short. Too small. I'm just kidding. It's my favorite Disney kidding. Channel movie, Caulfield. too. Yeah, Bobby Brink. I mean, who's not going to buy that jersey? Yeah. That's cool. That's a great That's a it's great name. Great. The that guy is, was made to play hockey. That's a great at the rink, athlete man. name. Frost and uh, <sighs> I was hoping for more on Nolan Patrick. Yeah, and we're going to talk about it's Nolan Patrick a sensitive Patrick subject for me. Oh, I, love, I love Nolan Patrick. And it's not that I don't love him. I know him. he's bad, but I love him. <laughs> and I, have, I think that's actually why I love him. Because you know what? I think if there's one thing that can fix his migraines, that can fix his, your his woes, is just a good hug. I'm I'm putting it out there. You know, if anyone from the Flyers organization is listening, I will give Nolan Patrick whatever kind of hug he needs. Because I think he needs one. I think that's really what he needs. Hug with a side of ham and cheese. No, no, not in a weird way. No, not in a weird way. Not in a weird way. To get, to get real conspiracy on this is Nolan Patrick ruined the Flyers. <laughs> well, Nolan I'm glad Patrick you eased into that. Ruined the Philadelphia Flyers. Now, hear me out. I'm not saying this is... None of this Hot is his takes. fault. None of this is his fault. Nolan Patrick ruined the Flyers... Because when we won the Nolan Patrick lottery, when we got the top two overall pick, everyone said, number two center. Got it. Nailed it. Well, guess what? We planned like he was going to be the number two center. And he wasn't. He was barely an AHL player for the first half of the year. And then he did the worst thing we could ever hope for. He gave us hope on the back half. And we're like, hey, maybe this guy's not bad at all. That beautiful game winner against the Oilers. Yeah, I love my boy. <laughs> Nolan Patrick. Nolan Patrick. <laughs> it's a beautiful goal. Because of Nolan Patrick, the Philadelphia Flyers had to solve their second line center issue. Or they felt that they had to solve it in a certain way. Um, and because of that, yeah. we went out and we acquired Kevin Hayes. Hate it. Kevin Hayes, I hate you. <laughs> this is personal. You have a giant head. You scored 20 goals once. And you knew that you had the Flyers. You knew it. You knew it. You knew they had to make a move. And when they got you, you went right to your agent and you said, take them for everything. And I don't blame you for that. I blame you for throwing in the no trade clause on that too. How did you get that? You got seven years, $7.14 million and a no trade. By the way, that contract's a no trade. Nobody's going to take it. But you just threw it on there anyway. So now we can't even pay someone to take it. We're stuck. Andrew McDonald had a no-trade clause his whole contract. It was called his skill. And that's you, sir. <laughs> I, and, and people are saying, oh, well, what were you going to do? There are a variety of ways to acquire talent in the NHL. Yeah, it's called trading and not overpaying for an older center for seven years. I mean, I don't no, care. Not older, but yeah, yeah, older I, I understand. It just, would you say Hayes fits with our, our timeline well? Because... All right, so what is you, our timeline? Well, that's, wait, that wait, was literally my, my sure. follow-up question was, would you even describe this as a team that's... In a quote-unquote win-now mode, no, or is this... Oh, like, they've entered the win-now mode. Whether yeah. they're there by well, merit that's or just their own deciding factors. We're in the end game, boys. <laughs> well, that's what's weird about the We're Flyers. We're in the end is, game, and we don't have anything. Is it feels like... You know, you look at it, especially a lot of the other Philly teams right now, and I feel like you have a pretty clear sense of, like, their goal. And you, you feel like you at least see some of that 
on the field or court, whatever. With the Flyers, it still feels like you have like top level talent that you feel like, okay, like I look at that team, I think, yeah, like we have we have really good players. This should be a team that should be competing. But then you also feel like, okay, well, we're still kind of rebuilding. We still have like a lot of young guys. We're still like picking in the lottery, so so I don't not know. Anything happen? No, okay. so still wasting all You're in this time. weird space where you're trying to have to like thread two needles, and I don't want to say that Chuck Fletcher isn't great at his job, but like, well, the <laughs> evidence of his past transactions would show you is not. I, I just got a hot tip though. Hold on. Breaking news coming out of the women of two two one five. Apparently, the bigger the head, the better the head though. Oh, so, well, that's good. We see you. Congrats on the that's sex. good. <laughs> at least he has that going for him. No one can take that uh, away from him. Him. He's also making $7.14 million a year Guaranteed. to score 21 goals. Hey, he'll score, he's the only guy that's going to get paid that. He's going to score 22 goals, and people are going to applaud like, oh, <laughs> you thought it was bad, huh? Where are you now, He wants now? nothing to do with the New York Rangers. That It's, it's just like Vigneault saying, oh, yeah. be an effing flyer. I want nothing the, to do with the, who pays for my checks now? The Flyers, <laughs> the flyers are my team, and I will never say any. Flyers right here. Okay. Yeah, the Flyers. I love the Flyers. I love uh, Keith Primo. <laughs> <laughs> He's my favorite. But we're joined here, speaking of our window, by the Council of Complacency. Oh, wow. Just All read them read out because not everyone is, is seeing what we're looking at. So we have just give us a good. Shane Gossespierre, who I'm not going to criticize him. It's not he, a great mock-up of him. I'm not going to criticize Ghost because there, there's a certain he person looks like that a, will skin me alive. He but. looks like a young Jeremy Roenick here. Like pre-nose <laughs> pre matchup. <laughs> We have Jay Voracek, who is the most frustrating flyer to me because everything about watching him tells me he's good. Mm. It's like I watch him, I'm like, this is a really good hockey player. Checks all the marks. But I want him gone. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's infuriating. Is it because of his Twitter feed? It's because of the giveaways. Uh, okay. And I don't want to be that guy that's like, oh, Jay Voracek gives away the Well, he handles the puck more, so he gives away the puck more. I understand this. But... And I understand that no matter the trade, you'll probably lose it. I don't see many trades out there where you win a Jake Voracek trade, but there's just something about him that when I watch him, I'm like, fuck this guy. <laughs> Get him out of here. Get him out. I feel like we've heard that for two years now, like He's the Voracek uh, like trade. Get him out. Trade rumors, haven't we? Like I feel like that's, that's, like that's been a recurring thing. Like the, the extent of Flyers fans who who like view it as like a contract that's not movable is you know bullshit in my opinion. Like he's. For what he's producing point-wise in itself. Oh, everything's I movable. Everything's, listen, That's David Clarkson's been traded like three who, times. Yeah. Okay, so Everything's movable. It, like, removing the Flyers from this discussion, who is the dumbest team in the NHL right now? Like, who do you think is like, wow? Edmonton. Edmonton. Edmonton oh, right? it's easy. Yeah, have you seen their lineup? Yeah, have yeah. you seen their lineup? Do laughable. you think you could get Voracek to Edmonton? No, they don't want the cap rate because yeah. they're so dumb. They yeah, love him, true. but they can't afford him. Like, via finances. <laughs> so there's, there's got to be, though, some sap out there that you could, like... You'd be like, well, well, they fired Peter well, It's pretty good. The, the problem is, is I don't see how you win a Jake Voracek trade, and there's a lot of Flyers fans that are fed up with waiting. And if you traded a guy like Jake Voracek, or you traded Shane Gossespierre, which also that's another trade, I don't know how you win that. And then you trade, you trade someone of the core. You're basically sending a message Dang. to these fans that we're gonna back off. We're not gonna do this. Hmm. And I think that might have been the right call two years ago, but we're too deep in this thing now. Just sign his head for seven million dollars. Yeah. We'll just sign Kevin Hayes. At a certain point, we'll sign Michael Roffel for one point six million for two years. Michael Roffel got a two-year contract, folks. Josh Hosang is went through waivers, and Michael Roffel, Michael Roffel, oh, Roffel tickets. 
Uh, Michael Raffle, folks. He's he is he is all he is infinite. He's the Frank Gore of the NHL. <laughs> hey, don't, just don't disrespect on. Frank Gore like that. We, res- <laughs> we respect Eagles legend Frank Gore in this studio. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Them Eagles. Yeah, don't do that. Don't Birds. do that. <laughs> Listen, if you told me tomorrow that you saw the future and the Philadelphia Flyers finished with 85 points and they were last in their division. And they were in the lottery. And, uh, you know, You'd celebrate. I believe you. If you came to me tomorrow <laughs> yeah. and you told me the Philadelphia Flyers had 99 points and they finished second in the Metro and they won a playoff round, I believe you. That's where we're at with this team. Because eventually it's going to come down to two big deciding factors. Is Alain Vigneault actually a good coach? And is Carter Hart really Jesus? Now, the second one, I, th- I think we pretty much know yeah. Jesus. Yeah, but can Jesus goal 10? Confirmed. Can yeah. Jesus goal 10? Jesus, do, Jesus does save. Because heard I'm not going to lie. That's his bread lich. <laughs> I read an article about Carter Hart. Don't do this to me. And it made me so mad. Okay. <laughs> Basically, because yeah. someone was inferring that Carter Hart may not have had as good of a year as we thought because of the average shot distance he faced and the quality of shots and did, the fact that Scott Did they Scott watch Gordon, a, a Flyers game? Well, <laughs> the, the problem was is that his expected goal saved was like negative like 0. 0.5 or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to listen to that slander. This is where I'm going to ignore Wait, so numbers. it was negative meaning? He gave up more goals than he should have. Okay. He's a rookie in the NHL at 20. Okay. What, what now listen, I'm with you. Okay. I'm <laughs> with you. I'm just saying that maybe all of us that are expecting Carter Hart to pick us up, kiss us, and tell us everything's going to be okay, need to relax. Because if be there's nice, one thing though. Flyers fans can't do, like it's Very relax. Nice. I tweeted out that the great Charlie O'Connor, who uh, writes for The Athletic, and you should all subscribe to him because he's phenomenal, uh, he's been saying a couple times this summer that if you look at the Flyers' opening schedule, they fly to Prague, they have four days off, they have the home opener, yes. they go to the West Coast, they play a back-to-back. It's a tough schedule. And if the Flyers dropped the first four of those games, it wouldn't shock me, but oh I know God. Flyers Twitter would literally... They would be no fly, all die. That so would it, be the new hashtag. Anyone non-familiar, it's... Uh, Blackhawks, Devils, Canucks, Calgary, Edmonton, and those all three are on a road trip. But the uh, the thing that bothered me was that Calgary Edmonton's a back to back. Yeah. Oof. Okay. That's brutal. Calgary's a good team. Calgary's a good team. So you're playing Calgary when you're fresh, which I guess is kind of better. But I mean, Edmonton has Connor McDavid, and if you have Connor McDavid, you have a chance. Guaranteed goal right there. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna get something out of him and his poor knee. That's kind of hurt, but yeah. You know. The, the problem that the Flyers also face is that the Carolina Hurricanes seem to be good at the hockey. And they seem to have really gotten a hold of this money puck thing. Yeah. <laughs> and they're they're looking real strong. Washington is, there's some pain coming, but Ovechkin's still going to score 50. They're still good this year, though. And I'm not going to be that guy that tells you this is the year the Penguins are going to come down because we've all been saying that for eight years and all they ever do is win. <laughs> well, no. Columbus no. will suck, though. Take that to the bank. They're going to be bad. I don't, don't give me Pierre-Luc Dubois. They're going to suck. They're not okay. Uh, Corpusalo, come on. You're, you're going to be bad. The Islanders, yeah. I don't want to trash them too much because I have a little bit of vested interest in the future. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I hope they're a little bit more bad, but not too bad that they flood their system with prospects. It makes it harder to make the team. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the New Jersey Devils. If there is one team that's underrated, it's the New Jersey Devils. Everyone's talking about the Rangers. Yeah, the Rangers are trash. Yeah, they got Panarin and Kako, but you're adding a diamond to a turd. The <laughs> Devils, they're not that bad. Nikita Gusev is, like, horrendously underrated. Everyone's yeah. just like, P.K. Subban, P.K. Subban. Nikita Gusev's the story, folks. 
Taylor Hall's not injured anymore. Yep. Jack Hughes scored 97 goals in preseason. Don't look it up. It's Nico Heischer is already... The gap between him and Nolan Patrick was wide. It's getting wider. Uh, okay? It hurts. It hurts bad. Now, they have some goaltending issues because Mackenzie Blackwood basically had the same inaugural season as Carter Hart, but without the fanfare. So we need to see more out of that. And Corey Schneider is all but dead and gone. Corey Schneider is 2020 Rip. Ben Affleck. He's oh. just hanging around. Just off name recognition alone. He's no there, real though. talent. How could he's you there. possibly say that about Batman? You of all he people. He's not Batman. <laughs> uh, Batman. I, don't, I don't know if you saw two of those movies, but he was... He, he was, made two of them? Yeah, the, the Batman vs. Superman Batman. and Justice League. Wait, what? They made a Justice League movie? And he yeah. had a cameo in Suicide Squad. Wait, what? what? I, don't, I don't even think that was actually him, though. I think that was just like someone in a Batman costume. Why. Which, I mean, you could also describe Ben Affleck's performances in both those movies as someone in a Batman costume. I've, I've never had a stepdad, but I imagine... Me either. Having, <laughs> I imagine that having Christian Bale as Batman is like, you get this really cool stepdad. And he takes you to baseball games and fishing. And then he goes away. And Ben Affleck comes in. And now your stepdad's name is Frank. And he like wheezes when he sits and watches TV. He never plays catch Come on, be you. nice to Ben Affleck. Why are we being mean to Ben Affleck? Have you seen his dragon tattoo? He deserves nothing. Yeah, ben Affleck true. deserves nothing good in this world. That is true. That is a very questionable tattoo. <laughs> he peaked. Tattoo. You had J-Lo. You peaked. You won. Yeah, he peaked hard. Uh, he was that, what is that? Was that his peak? That was definitely his peak. Yeah, he was actually, you know. He's also the only guy from, then? he's also the only guy from Boston that had a Boston accent and then lost it. <laughs> Like, watch Good Will Hunting and listen to him and be like, well, they, they all oh. played and then he does up the, the town, and he's like, what is that accent? They played up the Boston accent in, uh, in Good Will Hunting. Yeah, no, they he played did, it up. He did fine, though. Yeah. And then you watch him in the town, and it's, it's like, what is this? The town is a great movie, though. It he's like great he has, in the town. It sounds like he has gum in his mouth all the time. Isn't that what a Boston accent <laughs> sounds like? Well, I'm looking for my cockies. <laughs> cockies. Cockies. Listen, I don't know. the Flyers... Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> the, the biggest problem with the Flyers fan base right now is that you're in two camps. You're either optimistic and you just want to see how this plays out, or you're tired of wasting thousands of dollars and nights on a couch watching a team that will inevitably break your heart. That was a very personal, <laughs> personal <laughs> message. <That's real. laughs> and I think that a lot of our problem comes from our childhood Flyers fans. Growing up, it wasn't if the Flyers make the playoffs. It's, oh, when the Flyers make the playoffs. How deep will they go? Yeah. We also had more money than God, and there was no salary cap, and we got all the fun toys we ever wanted, which never worked out, by the way. You know, people rip Claude Giroux, and they rip the GM for not landing Artemi Panarin, but uh, last time I checked, Eric Lindros won zero cups. I'm just floating that out there. And if you're going to come after Claude Giroux's clutchness, he has the same uh, playoff points per game as Bobby Clark, and I think that guy was pretty good. Hey. So lay off Claude Giroux, except for if you're going to talk about his power play shooting percentage. Stop shooting the puck, Claude. You're not good at it. Pass it. Pass it. So, so looking at this season ahead, right? I know. I know. We already talked about how this season could. You could tell me right now, and, and I agree that this team is either like top five, like worst team in the league, or like somehow makes the Stanley Cup Finals. Like it, if Carter Hart gets injured, burn the boats me. and Boom salt the land. That's okay. So that's that's one of my questions. Is there's nothing behind him? This no, is this Riley. is a this is a rough like opening month. If we Extremely. win like win like two of these games. Where are we at on the uh, just throw throw the tank on the ice? <laughs> I'm, chilling. I'm I'm chilling. I'm chilling until at least the end of November. Yeah, we're getting it some time here. We're not we're not rushing. Time. We also need to figure out how they're going to make this cap situation work. 
Um, I'm not going to lie. I will be a little bit quicker to throw in the tank uh, tank flag on this one just because the 2020 NHL draft is bonkers. It is bonkers with talent. And it would be the most flyer thing ever to be really good this year and oh. go all the way to, like, pick 28 and miss out on these guys. It's it's ridiculous. Or, uh, no, no, you know what? I know a lot of people. You know what might actually drafts. be the most flyers thing is going, like, a, like to start like we do every Trade year. Trade your first-round pick. Trade your first round yep. pick to um, like make that big move. Well, be like, well, this is our push. This is our push, and then fall to like, and then we win the lottery. <laughs> Here's the thing: nobody, nobody besides the Ottawa Senators trades unprotected lottery picks anymore. Yeah. So well, even St. Louis was smart enough. You say that now, but I would knock on some more. St. Louis, Louis, who traded Brady Shen for Yor Terra straight up. There were no other factors in that trade. Never forget. As noted, Chuck Fletcher is a very itchy man. <laughs> I if when Chuck Fletcher when he like loses his tie, there's probably like red. You know, like eggs in the like, old, like old man hives. Just <laughs> scratch it. Flyers fans, give it a chance. Go to the game, cheer. You know, make Sean. If, if we're going to do anything, do it for Papa Coots. Yeah. Because he's my dad. Our Lord and Savior. You are also my your dad. son. You're my dad. <laughs> in closing, our prospects aren't as good as we thought they were going to be. Claude Giroux's aging. Mm. Alain Vino has done nothing but say be a fucking flyer. That's true. Carter Hart is 20 years old. We have Kevin Hayes for seven years. <laughs> Why are we here? So last year was 82 points. This year, the over-under is 86 and a half. Now, I'm not telling you how to spend your money, but if you're not running to smash that over, I don't know why you're even watching this year. Because I honestly don't think I could watch a season where I plan on the Flyers being under 86 points. That's bad. Yeah, last year sucked. Last yeah. year was a, a brutal year, and um, yeah. a lot of people, a lot of people paid the price on last year um, from an engagement standpoint. I mean, that's it's fair though, right? I mean, you know, this has been, and I'm not even exaggerating. I I think it, if you, I'm looking at like the Flyers' history. This has been one of the worst periods. It's and it's a sustained period now of five or six years of real mediocrity by the Flyers. Like that, and that, like you said, you know, we grew up watching. Great teams, like teams yeah. that were perennial playoff contender. Every year, you felt like they could they could win a Stanley yeah. Cup, you know. And part of that was, you know, I was eight, so of course I always thought that. But you know, nah, this is—I mean, this is this is a genuinely storied franchise that has always been competitive, and that's I think at times to a fault because it has I think it's built this expectation amongst the fan base as well that like, well, you have to win at all costs. Like this is—I specifically remember Flyers fans when the Sixers were tanking, like, well, Flyers would never do that. Flyers would never tank. Uh, I don't know who you're talking to. I I remember I seeing. Loved it. To go I would love to go. I'm telling. I'm telling you. I remember seeing this, and I think that's that's a genuine part of the fan base, though that that believes that like, well, we can't tank. That's just not, that's not what the Flyers. I don't do. think we can tank because the tank you'd have to get rid of this guy. Yeah. Because this guy was so good during that year. Yeah, I don't know. How you during do those that. couple years that he was propelling the team, a team where if you go back and you look at that roster, it is disgustingly bad. It is. Horrific. It's offensive, honestly. Like, the Flyers called me about renewing my tickets, and I told them that I once went to a game where Ryan White was on Power Play 1, <laughs> and they should actually fund my therapy. They should give me money. You have money. Give me money. Give me the money. I'll just spend it on you anyway. It's a good investment. Show me the money. So me the money. Your, your gut feeling on this season, like definitive answer. Don't do this to me. Over What's 86 and a half. Over 86 and a half. Easy. Playoffs or no? No. Disappointment. No. Just missing on the playoffs. No, no, the reason that we're going no playoffs is it's not the fault of the Flyers. It's, it's tough. Tough time. 
So Carolina is who I'm picking to win the division. Ooh. Washington at number two. The inevitable Pittsburgh Penguins. They're just such a zombie team. They, 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 they just, just march on. You have Sidney Sidney Crosby, believe it or not, is still underrated. I don't know how we're doing this, yeah. but the guy's just damn good at hockey. Yeah. And then you go to the Atlantic, and I'm actually taking Toronto to win it because I think Tampa Bay is going to have a couple issues with their head game after getting so wept by Columbus. I could see them coming out to a slow start. So I have it as Toronto, Tampa, Boston. And then I have Montreal and Florida in the wild card. And I think Florida is a lot better than people give them the credit for. Oh, they added so many players this offseason. They added depth and they added both. And they were already a good team. If you look at Florida's season last year, the common denominator was a lot like the Flyers. Hey, there's some good metrics here, some good plays. <laughs> but they couldn't stop a puck. Yeah, they're terrible. And inevitably, <laughs> as much as this is going to annoy some people, the beginning of last year's Flyers season... If they had just even 9-10 gold save percentage, just 9-10, 9-7 maybe, they probably would have been all right, and Dave Haxall probably would have gotten fired. Now, maybe that was for the best because Dave Haxall is the hand job of coaches. He's just unenthusiastic. He's he's very fleshy, you're just that like, guy. You just walk, you're just, <laughs> can I do this my own? He's like, he's like the baloney, you know? Like, it's just like... <laughs> It's like you go to like your school field trip and they have like pre-made sandwiches. Like everyone took the ham and Italian already. It's like, well, we got some hack stall at the bottom. You want some of that? Mm, I'd rather starve. It's kind of like Nolan Patrick. Stop. Oh, Nolan Patrick, if you bought an Uncrustable and you're like, this is so great, an Uncrustable. And then you see it's like peach jelly. And you're like, oh, Ooh. what is this? I thought I was getting something good. And all it has done is disappoint me. Big fan I mean, of the... I uh, got something good that draft. Next couple players are actually pretty good. I will see. I don't want to play that game. I know. It's hindsight. So. We've talked about this, and Flyers fans, stop doing this to yourself. There it is. There it stop, is. Stop going back in drafts and going, they could have had Caleb McCorr or Elias Pedersen. I was at the bar. Everyone was chanting Nolan Patrick. If Ron Axel would have walked up there and be like, Philadelphia Flyers are proud to select uh, Miro Heiskanen, you all would have fucking riot <laughs> would have, they would have burnt that place down i went out the, like the next day and bought an Owen patrick jersey we were all on board we are all culpable we are all accountable we're all in this together um, sounds a lot like uh the I fault have a tweet saying i didn't want Owen patrick before he got drafted so I, congratulations I, 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 on being ball. wrong yeah. <laughs> hang on to that one forever so the flyers this year just to recap we should be optimistic. I, I've already said I'm going to give them all. You're going to be the optimistic guy. I'm giving them all October. I'll be the pessimistic guy then. I'm giving them all my all my love and support all of October. We'll take it from there. You know, because that, that's when the Sixers start playing, and then I got to start yeah, making some decisions about my like seven o'clocks, so what I'm doing there. You know, and so wait, is Ben Simmons going to shoot this year or no? Uh yeah. Did you not hear? He okay. fell in love with the game this summer. Will I don't have to tell you? If it's there, he'll take it. <laughs> he fell in love with the game. He fell in love with the game. Re fell in love with the game. He fell out of love. Complacency. <laughs> Also, bring back Vorobiev. He hasn't earned it. He doesn't deserve it. But I have a Vorobiev jersey, and it pisses me <laughs> off when I see it. Stop doing this to me. There it is. Oh, we got to talk about Nicholas Abe Kubel. Oh, God. Do we? Flyers fans. <laughs> if every team in the NHL looks at a player and decides, eh, not for me, maybe he's just not that great. Maybe we have enough Nicholas Abe Kubels in the world. All right? Nicholas Abley Kubel fans are like those girls that have like a boyfriend who's like a five. And they're always like, oh my God, don't look at my boyfriend. Like, Nobody's looking at your boyfriend. <laughs> Nobody wants him. <laughs> Nobody wants that guy but you. You're the only guy. You're the only girl that wants that guy. He's, he's, he's a five. All right. And you know what? Fives in the world are needed. They're necessities. 
I don't even know Dan Fives around here. Nobody wants him. Nobody's coming after him. Stop with this narrative that someone's gonna poach Nicholas Abe Kubel. That'd be that'd be a good thing for us at this point. Well, there you have it. And fuck you, Tyler Pitlick. <laughs> <laughs> you deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> you deserve it. What a guy. Hate that guy so much. Words. I don't know, man. I you know, so if anyone doesn't know, me and Will are brothers. Well, uh, Will and I. I don't even know if that's right. Um, and so, so an English major? as brothers do, we talk, you know. And uh, yeah. what Will hasn't mentioned is that he has bet on <laughs> the Flyers <laughs> winning the Stanley Cup this year. Okay, now listen. A lot of that has less to do with my... Um, it's the odds. It's the odds were really great. <laughs> and also, you got to remember... Itchy Fletcher caught a hold of it. <laughs> here's, a real, here's a real issue, Flyers faithful, is... Uh, I'm getting married because my fiance is poor judgment and said yes, and we put a non-refundable deposit down before she could change her mind. Always do non-refundable. Don't let him back out. And my wedding is May 30th, and it would be the most flyer thing ever to have them just say, fuck you, Will, and just drive right to the fucking Stanley Cup. So if they're going to do that, I'm going to get paid. So I put down some money for them to win the cup as like an, uh, an appeasement penalty. Yeah. So like, hey, if you're going to do this to me, and by the way, we definitely would modify the wedding plans. <laughs> I mean, maybe come back a little bit earlier. I, I can't even think about a Flyers Cup. I, I remember watching the Eagles win the Super Bowl, and I was like looking at all my friends, and I was like, look how happy they were. And Nicole looked at me and she said, What would you do if the Flyers won the Cup? Right. And I was like, The first thing I would do, I can't wait for the shower Snapchats, is I would call my boss and I would tell him, Don't expect me for a week. Just a week. Seven full days, not a work week. If it's a Wednesday, oh, wow. I want... Like we're talking business days. If it's... Yeah, no, no, no. Like okay. seven. Seven full days. If it's Wednesday, it's okay. Wednesday to Wednesday. Yeah. I would go right to Broad. I have an inflatable cup. And I would just run. And every person I met that was like celebrating with me, I would grab their Twitter handle and I would search their handle and Flyers Never Win Cup. And if I found out they had ever tweeted it where they said something bad about Drew, I'd kill him. <laughs> Okay. Stab him right in the throat. All right. Well, that's the. Point. I don't know if you should be vocalizing this on a. On a... It's fine. It's okay. Now, maybe not. Now, maybe well, just verbal lash. And then I would head to the shower. Probably, but that's probably not two days. Two days later, I'd probably hit the shower, and there would probably be about twenty-three hours of solid Snapchats. The shower is actually positive vibes only now, though. That's Shout out time. Daniel Jones for erasing old Danny Dimes. For those of you that don't know, Will is a Giants fan. More specifically, I'm um, Daniel Jones' love slave. Oh. He's so great. So I can hug Nolan Patrick, but <laughs> you can say that you're... Well, Matt, the biggest difference is Daniel Dimes is good at his job. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not out on Nolan Patrick yet. I don't give up on my flyers. He's giving me a headache. You know, he has migraines, Will. They're different, okay? He's exhausting. There's always something with him. Yeah, poor guy. Oh, it's not like... his fault. He had undiagnosed hernia. Oh, it's not his fault. He had a concussion. Oh, hernia's, it's not his fault. He hernia's migraine. rough, man. I can't wait. He for took the... a slap shot to the back of the head. Yeah, but then, okay. The, the problem with the Nolan Patrick stuff is some people are far too hard on him. And yeah. other people are just, like, coddling he, this guy. He, They're like, what about Sean Couturier? He is very he is very false-like to me. Do you, you remember, know? do you remember when Sean Couturier started? Sean Couturier was good from the second he stepped on the ice. He, defensive hockey he as well. guarded Malkin, yeah. and his line mates were Matt Reed and Zach Ronaldo. 
Nolan Patrick played with Claude Giroux and on the second line and got power play one time and still produced nit, nothing, nil, zilch, nada. He's not good. He might be good one day, but he's not going to be the guy you think he that is. That was a great line for two years, by the way. That was two years Matt Reed had 20-plus goals. Zach Renato, uh, Calgary Flame, right? <laughs> yeah. Didn't he sign with them? PTO? Yeah, he did. One yep. year, uh, 700000 uh, or something like that. Good call, bag, Calgary. Man. Keeping my boy Zach. Keeping Zeke Romano well, in the league. I guarantee you they're only going to play him against Edmonton. That's probably why they signed him. That's what they've done the past couple of years. Calgary, they signed goons to play against Edmonton. Are you calling Zeke Ronaldo a goon? Yes. <laughs> I was at a game where he scored a goal. Uh, yeah, one of the five, right? I think it was 12. 12? 12. 12? In closing, throw Robert Hagen to the sun. Let Sam Moran be Sam Moran. He's a number six or a number seven. Stop making him into something worse or better. Um, leave Shane Gossespierre alone because he's better than you realize, even if it's frustrating sometimes. Uh... Jake Forchek, I, I fucking I don't know anymore. <laughs> Claude Drew is a god. Oscar Lindblom, please score goals. You have so many chances. This is your year. You look so good in camp. You look so fast. Please just just do it. You're like the only one panning out. Provorov's backpedaling. He had, he led the team in giveaways last year, which also he handled the puck the most. So you gotta always put that in perspective. You know, besides Travis Sanheim. Travis Konechny and Oscar Lindblom. No one else is really fulfilling me. Carter Hart has a chance to this year. Yeah. Well, fair be over Frost. Let's let's all just uh, yeah. let's all just pray. Two way game. Pray pray for what? Flyers be good. I don't know. Or death, whichever. Yeah. Well, At least we have gritty. Yeah. I mean, they can't take that away. That that'll never go away. We do have gritty. Do you hear him tempting fate right now? <laughs> <laughs> all right. They wouldn't take him away because he makes money. <laughs> Well, it is Comcast Spectacle. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you really, you really need to like hedge your bets here. Son. They won't ever take gritty. <laughs> I'm For what it's worth, Will did break the gritty news. It's oh true. yeah, well yeah. that's that was a fluke. I, I knew the guy. <laughs> I didn't believe him either. You don't you don't say that part, Will? You just well, say no, yeah, of course. Yeah, I yeah. Think. Insider Will Castrino. Listen, first of all, there's a lot of things that get broken, and uh, none of them are true. Most of them are our hearts when it comes yeah, to fire season. Well, that's always the heart. <laughs> Hopefully not this heart. Oh, Carter Hart. Oh, very Singer. nice. Wow, look at that. Do we want to yell at anyone else tonight? Or? Uh, listen, if you really want to yell. Well, I mean, we Carson, have Dave Kapler to yell at. Carson Torensky. We can yell at a lot of people. <laughs> I, I I think we're switching out. We're, Will, thank you for joining us. Today. The State of the Union. Welcome to Underground Sports Phillies broadcast. Fire Gabe Kepler. <laughs> Fire everyone that's not named Bryce Harper and Aaron Nola and JT Romuto. Who else we keep? We keep Scott Reese. Kingery. Keep Reese. Yeah, Scott Kingery. Kingery. We're keeping keep Kingery. We're keeping Kingery. I'd, I'd keep Segura. Sure. Keep Hazley. Yeah. Can, yeah, we get, can we get Can we get rid of Morin? Let's see McCutcheon after a month. Garrett Cole or Bust. <laughs> Um, let us know what you thought of Will's State of the Union in the Apple Podcast reviews. Yeah. Um, Unless it was bad, they don't say shit. I'll find you. <laughs> yeah. Only five star reviews. Yeah. We have standards, and we know you do too. Um, I'm a Flyers fan. <laughs> so it came out today that uh, Gabe Kapler probably isn't getting fired for at least a week. Uh, that is according to Jason Stark. And the more this lingers, the more I'm beginning to think everybody's staying. Oh, it's boy. not uh, not great. Not great. Not That's great. a Philly way. That's a bold move, Cotton. Uh, so, like, so we've talked about this at length, I think, because, frankly, the Phillies haven't given us much else to talk about for the past month. I, 
I, I think there has to be wholesale change, and I think at this point it's it's Klentak or Kapler. And, and we talked about this last time out about how Klentak has been in control of this entire car for years now. And when the driver runs off the road, you don't yell at the passenger. <laughs> you yell at the driver. And not that's not to say that Kapler like, isn't at fault for this season. And I thought even last year was kind of embarrassing the way we collapsed at the end of the year. But I, I don't know how anyone can, like, walk away and, like, make their peace with Klintak being in our front office in the springtime next year. And Andy McPhail. Like, Kapler at least, like, all right, you know what? Like, if you want to, like, defend him and say, well, Why you know, do you want to do that? If you want to. I said if you want to do that. I, why, I don't personally. Do you want to do that? Fight, fight, fight. I don't personally care to defend Look Kapler how strong anymore. his shoulders are from carrying the water for Kapler. <laughs> I don't carry the water for him anymore. I've been very critical. Hmm. I have. He has been. Someone's I, on the Phillies payroll. I, I, my point is, I, I think if we walk into next season and Kapler is still our manager, I'm like, meh. I'm, I'm pretty indifferent at this point. But I, I think it would almost be uh, just negligence to, to not to not move on from Klentag at this point. Like, I'm sorry. Like, he's already ruined the rebuild. He's already ruined the retool. And then he ruined this past season. So, like, are you you're gonna give him the keys again? I don't... Why? <laughs> like, why? So, we have enough information now. So this morning, Jim Salisbury from NBC Sports Philadelphia tweeted, I am not expecting any announcement or resolution to Philly's personnel matters today. The intrigue continues. Then followed up by Matt Gelb from The Athletic saying... A reminder that it took the Phillies eight days after the 2005 season to fire Ed Wade. The longer this goes, the more questions there are about leadership above the manager. And then Jason Stark quote tweets in and says, I'm hearing buzz that it's now possible there won't be an announcement on the fate of Gabe Kapler until next week, which I'm taking as a sign the Phillies understand they have more to decide right now than just the fate of the manager. Jesus Christ. Which then leads us to an MLB.com article that says... Uh, Yes, this is the same person that I'm about to bring up. Ruben Amaro Jr.'s name is being thrown in the Phillies' potential managerial ring. I will, and I'm not exaggerating, Why? throw myself off the Brentford bridge. Do it off the wall. It would be more dramatic. Why would they do that? But it's true. Very poetic, too. Um, I, uh... Don't want that to happen? I can think of at least... 10 million things I would rather have like forcibly shoved into my body than have to see Ruben Amaro Jr. Ever. Now, we're going to need the names of those items for a special segment later. Point to anything in this room right now because there's a lot. I think I'd rather have that than Ruben Amaro Jr. Anywhere Fire extinguisher? In- Fire extinguisher, absolutely. What about Kyle? Sure. Hey. Sure. I think... If you're watching on Facebook, we will be back in just a second. Um... But I yes. can't believe that that is a name that's still being like. I don't. I didn't even think you were allowed to say that name. Is it? Does that name decriminalize in Philly now? I know that. <laughs> Jesus. I think it's a phenomenal idea. I oh no! I, and I think <laughs> Nolan Patrick's a two C. <laughs> and I think everything's gonna be fine. That's saying so. But yes, Ruben Amaro Jr.'s name has come out as a uh, potential managerial replacement. I suddenly well, I feel very sick. Who made fun of Aguilar? He's probably a better coach than Ruben. On my Aguilar? Yeah. Now, listen, a, a proponent of what I like to do is if you're going to call for someone to be fired, you need to have a replacement. Now, who are you replacing them with? Me. You, you're already fired. All right. You don't, <laughs> have, ba- you don't have baseball vibes. you got to have the look. You it looks like Jake Arrieta. Probably throws like him, too. <laughs> Ouch. 
Um, so seriously, if you're if you're firing if you're firing Gibb, you can't just leave a black hole. I totally agree. It's like all the people are like fire hacksaw. Like, well, who do you want to replace him with? They're like Joe Quidville. Real realistically, I I think, and we've we've talked about this. I think Joe Madden would be. Which it looks like he's probably going to the Angels. Just if sick. I had to guess, because Just the Angels sick. abruptly fired their manager after one yeah, season. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait for them yeah, to win a hundred games next fired? year. Because they want Joe Madden. Madden. Yeah. Um, but why do you want Joe Madden? He used to be manager. in the Angels organization, and he turned the. I mean, he turned the Cubs around. Well, he really mismanaged them this year, though. Yes. Like, That's why he got fired. So, like, are well, we forgetting that Gabe Kapler was letting people play Fortnite in the clubhouse in the middle of games which, last year I'm and not, let Carlos Santana smash a TV? Are we forgetting that this happened? If Carlos Santana asked you to smash a TV, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. No one remembers this happening. I'm on board now. Let's see. Everyone's out. talking about Joe Madden and how he loses control of locker rooms and how teams fold. They were literally playing Fortnite in the clubhouse last year. Did they win though? No! <laughs> That's only bad because I want to be FIFA. No, no, I'm pissed off because Jesus Christ. Why are we acting Whoa. like Gabe Kapler has control over this team? We're not acting what? like that, but you're replacing uh, a guy who's notorious for not having control with a guy who's notorious Joe Madden, for not having I would control. disagree. I don't think Joe Madden... Joe Madden is notorious for being maybe not the most analytics forward guy. I think if Joe Madden is famous for anything, it's being a good man-manager, which I don't think Gabe Kapler is. I think he's a psychopath. I don't think he actually has human emotion. I'm being dead serious about this. So I, think, I think he's absolute so, dog shit at talking to people. I think Gabe Kapler... I'm being totally serious. I think he's absolutely totally terrible when it comes to locker room culture. And we've, we heard the rumors about the Dodgers thing and his handling of that sexual harassment thing. I don't think that was a great look. I, I hear I, I read the stories about things that go on in that locker room and the way that he's handled some of the coaches, the way that he's handled the pitching this year, and that he's just mentally flaying everyone, and that he, he doesn't care for actual relationships between coaches and players, and that is like a huge red flag to me. Like, listen, to me, baseball has always been, if you're a manager or a coach of that, I think is a like psychology forward driven thing. Like, obviously there's analytics involved in baseball, and I think Gabe has like delved too deep in his iPad. I think he has lost complete sight of interpersonal relationships that genuinely matter. This is a workplace, and it's the longest season of any professional sport in the United States of America. You have to, obviously, you're not going to love everyone every second of the day, but, like, if guys hate each other, or if they hate the process and hate the system, they're not going to play well. Who knew? Like, they're humans. Like, I, I don't like Gabe Kapler's. If there's one thing that I think he's absolutely terrible at, I think he genuinely has an issue at creating a good locker room culture, and I don't think that he is good at just managing relationships, which is like, I don't know, 80% of the job of being a manager or head coach of any team. Like, you have to be able to handle 80%. and nurse. I think, it's a, I think it's a really, really important part. You have coaches and other people that can, that can fill in some gaps for you, especially in baseball. Like, it's not like baseball, like, I don't know, like, you're, you're not doing that much, like, planning and prep because games are just bang, bang, bang. Like, you, I, I think, I think he's terrible their, at it. Their team just sucked. I don't think the Phillies. I think I think, I think the the biggest issue dude, is they that were bad. Of course, their pitching was bad, and I'm not saying that they pitcher, got a hug after every the game, pitcher. Every pitcher, whether and some of them were even sourced interviews where they said, "Yeah, this is mentally the worst year of my life. This is this has been the worst year, 
And you've had pitchers openly just saying, yeah, I'm just not going to do what they want us to do because it's, it's harmful to me. <laughs> it is mentally degrading for me to pitch the way that they want me to. That's not – how is anyone going to succeed in that? I'm not saying you the pitcher – fired, but I'm saying, like, you bring in – there is no manager that you brought in this year that would have brought that team to a Which is why outcome. I think Klentak needs to go because I, I, I think he was, in a way, set up a failure. But I, I don't think – I don't think Kapler has – I like I, I just I don't see the future with him. I, I genuinely don't. And I'm happy to be wrong. Like I would love it if next year we win a World Series. That'd be great. I, I just think that Would you love that? I would. I would what, what if they just made the playoffs and lost? Honestly, what if they I, just lost a wild card game? Would you would you consider that a success? No. I would actually if we made the wild card this year, I would have yes, yes. consider that a success. No, guess next what? year. Next year. Say, Technic- they bring, say they bring everybody back and they make a wild card game and they lose. Is that a success? Okay, so this is like a cop out answer. It would could it would depend on the context of the season. Is it like a season like this where, like, there's a ton of injuries and things go wrong? And, well, you know, we made the wild card, whatever. That's technically progress. Phillies haven't made the playoffs in eight years. Like, we're getting we're getting to the point where it's going to be almost a decade without playoff baseball. Like, that sucks. Pains <laughs> like, my soul. I would like to go into an October watching the Phillies play again. That was I, I don't know about everyone Especially else Especially if table. the Flyers keep this up. Uh, you know, like... <laughs> we, do, we do have some takes, though, from, uh, you know, Phillies players... You brought up Fortnite and everything. Uh, Jake Arrieta had some takes and said that the. Uh, so this is from. <laughs> Back in my day, we played Atari. <laughs> this is from Matt Breen uh, from the Inquirer, uh, and it says the Phillies began the season with questions about their clubhouse dynamics after Carlos Santana revealed during spring training that he smashed a TV because the players were playing too many video games. The Phillies may not have reached the playoffs, but the clubhouse seemed like a better environment. This is a quote from Jake Arrieta. While the culture was better here this year without him, I can tell you that. Well, I so can tell you this, better. we would have probably been better with Carlos Santana this year. And then this this gets even better. Um, this is from Megan Montemuro in The Athletic. Uh, when Gene Segura got hurt in D.C. in that final series, which, just a reminder, the Phillies got swept in a five-game series. It was great. Uh, so that day in Washington, D.C., when Gene Segura got hurt, could potentially be the last time Segura is the team's everyday shortstop. The Phillies recently held discussions about Segura's defensive position in 2020 to explore moving the 29-year-old off of shortstop and starting him at third base or second base next season, according to a source. Where is Alec Bohm going to play? <laughs> Where is my beautiful young man going to play then? Now, the more and more that I think about it, Cesar Hernandez is not going to be on this team next year. He's Due to make seven and a half million in arbitration. Oh no, not Cesar. You don't pay him that. Cesar was like, eh. <laughs> Cesar was okay this year. Before. I don't know. When I'm building a baseball team. Give me the. Eh. I mean, it wasn't terrible this year. I don't know. Now, Gene Segura projects personally to me better at second base because he doesn't have an arm. If they he does put have Gene, kind of dinosaur arms. If they he? put Gene Segura at third base, He's we are in out. a load of trouble. Two C. Yeah. What does that say about where's what's happening to Franco then? What's it? Where's Alec Bohm? Where's Alec Bohm is the real question. What happens to Franco, though? I mean, me personally, I do. Yeah, Kyle has a lot of stock in Franco. (laughs) (laughs) Kyle is talking itchy. (laughs) You're real itchy, then. He is is Andy Dufresne scratching through the concrete walls into Michael Franco's (laughs) prison cell. I just, I mean, I'm not not a baseball. I watch Phillies, but I would never claim to uh, be an expert on baseball. But I watch Mikel Franco, and I'm like, I don't see it. I have to pee. See, the way, the way you feel about Jake Voracek is how I feel about Michael okay, Franco. Okay, well, Michael Franco's not putting up Jake Voracek. Sure. Numbers. But, like, I see it. Like, it's there. And so he's it's, Nolan Patrick. There's flashes. And it's just, it's just, 
he he struggles to get above. Fire Gabe Kapler. <laughs> I have to be. I don't know if we're gonna be done by the time I get back. I uh, have to pee so bad. Safe travels. I had okay. So I had a long hot with dinner tonight. It was really spicy. I had to drink like probably forty eight ounces of water, and it's just oof. weird flex. But okay, thanks. But yeah, if if the Phillies put Gene Segura on third base, one that's a huge issue. Two. Like Matt said, where the hell is Alec Bum? Like, that is the one crown jewel that the the Phillies have gotten in this five year span of drafting at the top of the draft. Everybody else has been decent to why the hell did we pick them? Okay, so let's say what is the optimum situation then for the Phillies? Let's say you go out and you you land Garrett Cole. Yes, please. Yes, you land Garrett Cole. Is that even enough? No, it's a start. I mean, you, you have to you have to trade for another pitcher though. Who's our relief? You have see the the nice thing about the relief situation is that not this offseason but the following is loaded with are guys you saying that are gonna we're be two years away from being two years. What away? I'm saying is <laughs> they're gonna yeah, if they're smart. If so, sir, stop selling because I'm sold. If they're smart, <laughs> over it. They will address the relief pitching. During the season, at the trade deadline, or you know before it. Plus, I don't expect eight of our nine relievers to be injured going into the season next year. You should have Sir Anthony Dominguez back. Thank God, Pat Neshek will be gone because he sucks. How dare you, sir? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I agree. Um, Speaking of guys who suck, what do we do about Reese Hoskins? You keep him because there's there's the whole see. But he's there's bad. That, there's that whole argument of trade. What are you gonna get for him? Not much. Not Reese Hoskins on your team. That's an upgrade. You're gonna get him off your team. You're you're gonna gonna be better. You're gonna get a pitcher of Reese Hoskins' stature, which is right now not good. Yeah, I was gonna say, but I I guess I understand you're trading an asset at its lowest value, but at some point you can't just keep having that guy go out there. I think Reese will figure it out. Me and Matt talked about this on Saturday. I don't think you can trade Reese Hoskins for what you have kind of invested in him right now he's he's a guy that you're expecting to be a cornerstone and quite frankly sure this coming season 2020 is going to be the year you figure out about reese Hoskins. are we trading reese no uh yes if i he is a cornerstone he's I, a cornerstone in your rowboat he's a big brick <laughs> in your rowboat to success and he's sinking it because he stinks the problem the problem he is though, if you're gonna trade if theoretically if you were to trade Reese Hoskins, you should have traded him last year. Mm-hmm. Listen, I'm with. It's like the Wayne Simmons situation. You had a chance. You knew what was coming. Except, except Reese, except Reese can genuinely can still be good. Can he though? Yes. Just can he though? Yeah. <laughs> but is he though? Could have had yeah. But will he though? Yeah. Think he can. It's a great question. I don't know. Maybe if he doesn't have a manager that lets people play Fortnite <laughs> in the middle of games. I'm sorry, but if Fortnite if is what's making you strike out 8,943 times, you're just bad at baseball. Like, uh, the problem I, is he doesn't strike out. He pops out a lot. Okay, that's, but like... <laughs> that's his issue. The culture is important, but at a certain point, you're either good or you're not. I mean, I'm, like, most, culture, I'm mostly... Bill Belichick has the most... That has to be the most toxic culture in the history of sports, where you're basically not allowed to show any individuality... Or anything, and you just submit to Bill Belichick's will, and you win. And you win okay, so I'm with the culture arguments, and I understand that baseball is different than the NFL because that is 16 weeks compared to I feel like it's 48 weeks in baseball. <laughs> Six there's, months. There's four weeks off in baseball, and they're coming up in December, and that's it. <laughs> and then you have the winter meetings, right? And then it's back yep. in it. We're right back in it. 
So I understand that culture is important, and Gabe Kepler should be fired. He should have been fired yesterday. I'd like to personally fire him. I think I'd be really good at it. <laughs> hire me. I'll fire Gabe Fire Kepler. for hire. Fire for hire. I'll also inevitably be there to fire Alan Vino when the time comes because it'll come eventually. Yeah, I'm sure. And uh, I'll tell him, hey, you're no longer a fucking flyer. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, so, do you like rip? But, but you want to fire Gabe Klep- Kepler. You want to bring in Joe Madden. But Kyle says that's pretty unlikely. He thinks it's going to go. Yeah, I know. Right. I'm just so scared. besides Joe Madden, where, where do you see this team going? And while you're away, we talked about additions. Besides Eric, adding Garrett Cole, what moves the needle for you for this offseason? Or is this just waiting it out for another year to try to address relief pitching in the following offseason? I think you get a giant jumbo plane completely empty. You take the five best pitchers that are on the free agency market this year. You put them all on that plane. You find out what their deepest vice is. I'm talking cocaine. What if it's Fortnite? I'm talking Fortnite. (laughs) I'm talking prostitutes. I'm talking whatever legal drugs, whatever it is. You load it up with that thing. And you do not land that plane until all of them have signed seven-year contracts in the Phillies. That, That is my... Goal for this this the offseason. Snyder approach. <laughs> I like it. Oh Why not? <laughs> throw money at it. Baseball is one of the, the few sports that you can just say, yeah, just throw yep. money at it. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't do that last year. They were like, we're going to spend big money. Because they didn't want to go into the tax too early, which I don't blame them for. Not that I care about billionaires. I'm not one of those people like, hey, I'm a billionaire. So by your logic, you're saying that plane will consist of uh, Cole, Strasburg, Bumgarner, and... I don't, know if I'd, I don't know if I'd want Bumgarner on a long deal. We could have traded for him, but it was going to be a little pricey for like what could have been a rental. Oh, and you trade for him if we're actually going to be a playoff team. From what I did see from somebody on Twitter, uh, somebody asked an, uh, a Braves beat writer, or no, a Giants beat writer, I'm sorry, where they <sighs> projected Madison Bumgarner to go to, and they just said Atlanta. Great. That's great. That's, That's good. Atlanta, Atlanta needs a break. Hey, I mean, we could have signed we could have signed Dallas Keuchel, yeah, and he's starting Game One of losers. the NLDS. Yeah, but you know, Atlanta. they don't they don't they hardly have anything good go their way. Isn't he a free agent though next year? He is, but we could we could have signed him this year and kind of swooned just him. Just imagine how just imagine how different this year would be with with a competent Dallas Keuchel. Actually, yeah. quite a few good pitchers though, that are available to sign. I, I, so I, oh, no, there's, there's no excuse. That's saying prep the tarmac. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! First of all, Dylan, there's always an excuse. <laughs> This is Philly sports. I'm just saying, you could have signed Dallas Keuchel this year, which you didn't even show up to his his workout, his showcase. You have him here to be behind Aaron Nola, and when Aaron Nola was struggling, you throw him out there instead. And then you have a competent one-two punch rather than throwing Jason Vargas out there, who is literally just a corpse of a science teacher. Of a science teacher. I've seen Why? that movie. <laughs> Are, I, I think I will say the only reason I'm hopeful about the Phillies is because they – as much as we didn't like last offseason, we didn't like it in hindsight. At the time, at the time, going into April, we were all pretty stoked. Even going into May, we were like, well, this is pretty fun. This is fun. Phillies win again. Then the pitching sucked. Mm-hmm. We were like, oh, yeah, should have done something about that. Like we did make the positive movements with like positional players last year that we needed to do. And I'm hopeful that pitching this offseason is similarly addressed. Mm-hmm. It has to be. Yeah, I mean, it literally, like, if it's not, I just burn it down. Just, I mean, like, burn it all down, I honestly. have no question they'll address it, but we're hoping for guys like Baumgartner, Strasburg, and uh, Cole, and they'll probably sign guys like Clay Buckholz again in Urban Santana. If, if we don't get at least one of those top three, like, I, 
I don't. Boy, I don't do even. I have some bad news for you. <laughs> I don't Be know. Wall. We got. We got. I mean, we we made. We got all the signings pretty much we wanted last off season. Like the, I don't, the big positive is that the two we were Corbin. We were in on Machado. We lowballed Corbin, though. We lowballed Corbin, we low, for sure. We lowballed the crap. Um, Machado, we were genuinely in on. But, I mean, if you're going after two big megastars and you get one of the two, it's like, well, okay. Give them, give them more money. My my biggest outlook on this is the two big free agents, whether you go the Garrett Cole route or the Anthony Rendon route. Garrett Cole, baby. They're both represented by Scott Boris. We do really well with guys named Cole. Scott Boris wants Bryce Harper to win a World Series. You invested in Bryce Harper. This past offseason, which means you invested in Scott Boris, Reese Hoskins changed his representation to Scott Boris. You have a Inside ton of Scott Boris job. clients on this team now. So either way you which go. Which is what I would call the plan, actually. Either <laughs> the way you go. The plan is inside job. You have kind of an inside track at getting one of them. And Jim Salisbury brought this up on the uh, At The Yard podcast. He said they're going to be in on one or both and more than likely end up with one of them. It just depends on what route they want to go. So it's between Rendon and Cole. Those are like Rendon. the that is the Bryce Harper Manny Machado of this offseason. I, I think I think you got to go Cole. Like as much, I agree. as as good as Rendon is. Normally I would like, say you have to go position player because pitchers arms are going to give out, but you have to go get Garrett <laughs> we, Cole. Why not both? Pitchers are bust. I I I, both of them. I don't think both is both. totally fair. I mean, if you want to drop that money on it, it's not my money. Yeah, but, but I, I don't I don't see it. I don't see it. Happening. I went to a Phillies game. They charged me fourteen dollars for a beer. Let's use it. <laughs> Let's do it. I'll drink a lot of them. Yo, charge me fifteen. I'll pay. See, they can do stuff. The Flyers, they're dumb and they can't do stuff and manage a cap. But the Phillies, it's just like you print money. How do how do we feel about Bryce Harper's first season? Because I'm good. Love the year. man. I was and thrilled. Take no Bryce Harper slander. Agreed. It's a good year. You guys saw it at the game. I was. Uh, but um, did you see that he has? Uh, he's 59th in WAR. Second most. War is the only baseball career. stat I know how to use. He's most, 59th in it. Did you know that? Most RBIs of it's his still career. Not bad considering how many players are in baseball. Yeah. <laughs> As if that's supposed stupid. to be like a totally <laughs> yeah. negative. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> I I thoroughly people. enjoyed year one of. So Bryce he's like Harper. a. <laughs> still pretty good, huh? <laughs> it's just nice to see that Bryce Harper's using all that money to buy up all of the real estate in Washington. Yeah. Just he owns so much real estate there that when I woke up this morning, I checked Twitter and I saw Bryce Harper was trending, and I was like, wow. Is he okay? And then it's just a bunch of salty mm-hmm. Nats fans are like, I bet you Bryce was just here with what's up. And I'm like, no Brent one wants free. to be in DC. Like, bro, you have like a new, oh, yeah, like a new man there. Bryce Harper put up numbers. He pandered to us all season long. Just Gotta love it. He did a great job pandering. He actually should just consult all new Philly athletes and be like, these guys are so effing easy. <laughs> just put on a gritty t-shirt. Just have a screenshot of you watching a Flyers game. They love it. Eat a cheesesteak and then just tweet out, go birds. And they'll literally hey, be like, this guy's awesome. He did a season sign-off on Instagram. Him and a, Mike Scott. Don't you guys say E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Him and Mike Scott should just get together and they should be, when they retire, That's our Mike brand. Scott and Bryce Harper should just have a Philadelphia coalition. And if you get signs, you meet them and they're like, here's what you need to know. Don't That's wear, our brand. Don't wear Redskins jersey number one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's That's let's good advice. Wrap it up with Sixers Media Day because I was intrigued by some things that I saw. Um, I was more than intrigued. <laughs> let me tell you. So especially, uh, yeah, it was <laughs> especially Christian Crosby getting every single player of the Sixers to hit the low. That was yeah. awesome. And uh, once the team dad, always the team dad, according to Mrs. Horford. And uh, this team's gonna be a lot of fun. 
I am uh, eagerly awaiting the regular season. Is that the sound of your hopes getting up? I hear. My ho- listen, I I am so ready to get hurt. Look right into the camera and tell him. I am ready to get hurt again. <laughs> I am so ready. I am so ready to get just absolutely emotionally eviscerated in May slash June again. Like Can't wait. Hmm? Nothing. nothing. Oh. <laughs> Ouch. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, it's I mean, gonna be a lot of fun. I'm super. I love that. I loved everything I heard. Um, I need. I really need Brett Brown to just do audiobooks. I need to hear mm-hmm. like the great American novels read out by Brett Brown because his voice is just soothing. It really is. The more I listen to him, I'm just like man, ah oh, God. Al Horford. Al Horford. <laughs> and we got Ben Simmons back. You know, Joel is gonna play. I haven't listened to the the low podcast yet, where um, I did hear I did hear a clip of uh, of Joel being forced to sing the Eagles, Eagles fight, fight song. song. <laughs> so that is was this good. it for Brett Brown? If if they, mm. in my mind, no. Is but this, is this maybe. the year? I mean, like Al, yeah, Al Horford. I mean, this feasibly this is, should be the year that like if they go out in the second round. Like, is is this it for him? If we go out in the second round, yes, probably. Especially, and I don't know if that'd be necessarily a pretty easy fair. path. I wouldn't say it's easy. I think people are really underestimating Boston still. Like, uh, and mm, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 I still think we make the finals. Brett should stay. You know, like I, I think regardless of, of how whatever happens. So where's your bar? At what level? What level? I know. I know you're Brett forever. I'm not so, Brett forever. I just, I just think he's point, a very good. At coach. what point do you no longer silence the? Fire Brett Brown haters. Is it a second round exit? A first round exit? It would have to be a first round exit for me to be like, oh. Okay. He's go. Second round, it might it would depend on context, mm-hmm. you know. Like if it's like last year, where like Joel is like you know terminally ill. Like, uh, yeah, like he's what like he's he a, he's like a Make a Wish kid, like in the middle of <laughs> uh, what? Oh, come on, Jesus. He's always hurt. No, he was sick. Sick. He hurt, was sick. Whatever. He's not always hurt. That's not true. That is fake news. Uh, he's he's sick. That's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you brought that up. <laughs> wow, <laughs> making the white power symbol too. Jeez. Um, oh, you know, I, context I, matters here, Matt. I, I, I think a first round exit, <laughs> yeah. regardless of context, unless everyone on the team died, is uh, is inexcusable. I, I think. Oh, speaking of bad managers, don't ever talk about Jurgen Klopp like that ever again. <laughs> yeah, in my life. Like um, I, th- I think the path is there for the finals. I, th- I think the Bucks are the biggest obstacle, but mm-hmm. people are going to sleep on Boston a lot, which is unfair. Even Indiana is getting slept on a little bit. I don't, I don't like. I don't like that. Brooklyn's no good though, right? Brooklyn's not good because I don't think Kyrie's very good. And what made Brooklyn good last year, they got rid of. <laughs> they, what The reason Brooklyn was so good is because they had 10 very good NBA players, and now they have, like, three. Like, Brooklyn is Brooklyn is, is a, a little bit of fool's gold this year. When Durant comes back next season, or if that report is true that he's aiming to come back this year, which I, I don't believe. I'm sure he's aiming for it. Yeah, not happening. he's going to make it. I, the dude is seven foot in Torres Achilles. He's not coming back this season. It's just not happening. Um... I think like maybe next year, you know, with Durant back, we'll we'll see. But I, I think Brooklyn's a little bit of fool's gold. But our division is tough now, you know. Like this is one of the toughest divisions in basketball, which is not great. And the Knicks aren't going to be openly tanking, so there they goes free wins. Good, no, but I mean they're going to be like a, they're going to be a serviceable team this year. They're they're going to be like you know they'll hit like twenty five wins, you know, like they'll be all right. I don't know. I I think I think conference finals is like the the floor here. And I, I think ceiling is championship. I think this team is absolutely capable of winning an NBA championship. Oh, that'd be a great remedy. A Sixers championship. Oh, God. I, like, nothing would please me more than, like, watching this team win. Oh, Do you know God. what the only thing about that I would be? I dream of it. Would just be, so you have 2008. 
Eagle Super Bowl, Sixers Championship. 1975. First of all, I never understood that insult. After the the Philadelphia Flyers beat the Pittsburgh Penguins mm-hmm. in the stadium series, I'm not sure if you guys are aware, those awesome. mayonnaise-sucking bastards, <laughs> they blew it so hard, dude. So as as my brother Matt knows, and Kyle, and basically everyone that has me on Snapchat, I took great pleasure in that win. Yeah. And I was like yelling at all these Pittsburgh Penguins fans, and they were like, 1975, 1975. Yell at a child. And they were, yeah, yeah I did yell at a child. <laughs> they, are, they, they have these banners where they're like, 40,000 days since the Flyers last cup. And I'm like, why do you think that hurts me? Do you think I sit there and I was like, oh, I yearn for the days when it was only 20,000 days away. <laughs> oh. 50 years, I missed when it was only 20. Like, no, every year you don't win still sucks. Like, honestly, if the Flyers' last cup was 1988, it would still affect me just as much. Yeah. But having your own city turn on you, which is I know I know that what would happen because the Flyers are already, like, at the bottom. If the Sixers won, it would just be an all-out, like, why do you like the Flyers? Yeah. Because we already have the rep of why do you like the Flyers. Because then it's like even in even in your own building, you know, it's just like, ugh. Oof. Like it's already kind of it was a, it was a rough scene last year, especially you know, like just going from Sixers being like a great team, a lot of fun to watch. And it's like they're watching the Flyers. I The Flyers were already like eliminated, but then people were like, well, they're not mathematically eliminated. Everyone so convinced so themselves when they won like seven games in January. Like, oh, well. We could ruin our lottery position here. <laughs> oh, and that's what we did because did the team behind us and the team in front of us both won a lottery. Yeah. And the Flyers did not. It's a go Sixers. I'm so pumped. I like. I, I, ready. I cannot wait for the season to start. Apparently, Trey Burke is uh, best player to ever play. Prove it, Ben Simmons. Josh Richardson wearing Allen Iverson shoes today. Yeah, uh, Joel is the uh, the cornrows. Yoel. I, I think that is Yoel. He had as the, they, uh, as the kids say, good vibes. He had the blown out Cynthia hair. Yeah, on which his was Instagram nice. story. He says he, he lost some weight. Good for him. Um, Didn't cut anything out. Apparently, I don't Still believe lost that. <laughs> I absolutely don't believe that. He definitely cut things out. <laughs> um... Yeah, I don't. I like. We'll see what happens with Ben. I know there was a quote about it. if they're, if they're it. open, I'm going to take it. I, show I'm not it. sure. We'll not buying. Any What's that like- meme? Doubt. <laughs> 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 I'm I'm a little doubtful that Ben Simmons is going to be shooting wide open threes because like that's those, what they're going to uh, be. It's like that but, Markel Fultz practice camp footage of him shooting. Who's that? Don't know uh, that. Markel Fultz. Never been to Ufujaver. I don't know. I think you were a big defender of one Markel Fultz. <laughs> Never heard of him. And remember when you lambasted me about Okafor? Nope. And you were like, don't know who that is. That? Never heard of him. We're not playing this game? Never heard of him. <laughs> I think that's it for the week. <laughs> yeah, I think that's all we got Never for heard you of Markel guys. Uh, as always, show brought to you by Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Wainwright Bernhardt Funeral Home, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA LLC. And the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. If you missed it on Twitter, uh, the Process Potables podcast has joined our podcast network, and we are doing a joint giveaway with them for two tickets to the Sixers exhibition game against China on uh, October 8th. So make sure you check that out. It is their pinned tweet on Twitter, just at Process Potables. Uh, so make sure you enter that, and you get a chance to go uh, watch Sixers play that that exhibition game at the Wells Fargo Center. And uh, we'll catch you guys on Saturday for our first Sixers Saturday of the season. So until then. And, and a potential postmortem of the Flyers 2019 <laughs> Whoa, whoa, whoa. Right. Whoa, whoa. You can't just throw shit. They, Flyers, dropped the opener to the Blackhawks 5-2. That's a prediction. Well, only 5-2, huh? Thanks for having me. And uh, fuck Tyler Pitlick. Never forget. <laughs>
So for Matt, you know what for you Will, did, Tyler. For Dylan, I'm Kyle. This has been Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 172, and we are signing off. Peace. Might have. Ha! Maybe it did. Maybe it didn't. Who can tell? Who's to blame? Is it us? Are we to blame? Are we humans? Or are we dancer? I'm already Tracer. Oh, no. Please. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was playing that last night. I don't need to hear that. don't need to do this. We I'm don't I also would like to point out that Claude Drew is the only one wearing a home jersey. Yeah. Which is funny because after his contract, he's going to run home to Ottawa and never <laughs> return. Ouch. <laughs> Dylan just looks like somebody stole Miller from his house. <laughs> And did not give him the location. I mean, if you're going to lose, why not lose close to home? He did say in his uh, interview that he really enjoyed being back in Ottawa for two weeks. Where would you with his family, be? with his new baby. Philadelphia or Ottawa? <laughs> I don't know. Philly has sips. I think Claude is really into sips. Well, I saw him at sips multiple times, but I think he's a grown man. All right. I think we're all...